It's your host, Holly, and it's time for a little teaser talk. Happy Teaser Talk Tuesday, everyone. Get ready for an exciting episode of, of Teaser Talk as we introduce you to the remarkable individual who wears many hats in the entertainment industry. Joining us today is Dean K. Piper, CST, aka The Pipe Man, an exceptional on-air talent, speaker, and many more things in the entertainment sector, which I can't wait to dive into. Welcome, Dean. Well, hello. I am so honored because like, I met you at Rocklahoma, and I think you're cool as can be. And so when you contacted me to be a guest, I'm not always guests on shows. You know, it, sometimes it's funny going on the other side. But for people I like and for people that I think are, like, uh, going to make the – are not – and that are, like, incredible talents themselves, they're the people I'll be on their show. So here I am. Well, I feel so honored. I really appreciate it. But yeah, we met like what back in uh, Rocklahoma, almost said it yep. in Oklahoma. I guess both are <laughs> accurate statements, but um, <laughs> at Rocklahoma. And I agree, like, you know, when you just meet those people at festivals, you're like, okay, these are going to be lifetime friends. You no are doubt. definitely part of that crew. And I'm just so thrilled to have you on. Um, so before we hop into it, I'm just curious, you know, your introduction with CST, what does that stand for? So, you know, I have different parts of my personality and different parts of my business life. You know, I have radio podcaster side, but I also have speaker side and I have mm -hmm. entertainment side, but I also have business side. So as a speaker, like there's, as a speaker and a coach, I kind of can't stand that sometimes people wake up one day and decide they're going to be a life coach. They have no certifications. They have no training, no experience, mm -hmm. no education. And they're going to tell people how to run their lives. Okay. And that's dangerous because as an example, I know somebody that is a uh, wealth coach. He's never had money <laughs> in his life. And okay, so if you had a lot of money and you lost it, at least you know the roadmap to get there. Okay. Yep. And then the how not to lose it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, exactly. But how are you going to teach somebody how to get somewhere? Like if we were going to Oklahoma and had no GPS and no map, unless you knew how to get to Oklahoma, you're not getting there. Okay. Correct. So if I had been to Oklahoma one time, maybe I could remember how to get back there. But not if I've never been there. And that's the point. So as a certification I got years ago called uh, Certified Superior Trainer, which is like I had to go through this six-month program to be able to train and coach people. It, like yeah. I didn't just wake up in the morning. <laughs> well, and that's, that's awesome because, you know, I completely agree. So many people can go on there and even – take like a certification, like, you know, something bogus or whatever, but the actual to put the work in to actually get authentically certified. So congratulations. That's awesome to not only just 
talking the talk, but walking the talk as well. Oh, I, I'm a full believer in walking the talk. As somebody as a mm -hmm. speaker that I've shared the stage with many of my mentors, some of them don't, some of them do. But if you walk your talk, then you can be an example for others. If you're not walking the talk, you shouldn't be coaching others. That's just my viewpoint. It's no different than I don't want somebody doing brain surgery on me that bought some bogus diploma or watched a YouTube video. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's a great analogy. Absolutely. Well, let's hop into it. Um, you know, I'm just curious, like, how did the Pipe Man come to be? What inspired you to become the host of Pipe Man Radio and dive into the world of radio? Well, so those are like two different stories, uh, the radio part and the Pipe Man part. Yeah. But so to go, we'll focus on the radio for a second. And that is because I used to be very big in the investment business. I own brokerage firms and insurance agencies. And I used to go and do radio shows, pay to do radio shows to get leads for my business, which was very effective. And, and also as a motivational speaker, like many other motivational speakers, you did a radio show, infomercial, what have you, to get people to come to your seminars, buy your products, all that. So it was always something that was kind of a marketing part of my business. So I didn't come into radio in the traditional way, whereas, you know, you go and you intern at a station, you're like, I came a totally different route. But from that route, I learned a different part of the business, okay, which I think other people that have not been that way don't recognize. And that created kind of the personality that I am today, but more importantly, the network that I have today because, you know, I have a network of streaming radio stations, uh, streaming TV station, podcasting network. I'm partnered with iHeart, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible. And so the, I think that's what created that for me having that other part. And then I got to, you know, basically when we had the start of the internet, okay, and internet radio came about, I had this idea because I was, I ended up doing a show at some internet radio station that was in somebody's like living room, uh, the cats and dogs were walking on the so-called studio table that was the dining room table and uh so basically as somebody that had like posh offices and class a buildings i'm like yeah you can't run radio like this like if you go to a real radio station in new york which is where i would go they were mm -hmm. these fancy studios and all this and professionalism professional engineers and so i saw the vision of where media would be today in 2023. I, I kind of relate it to like Bill Gates. He went up to IBM. He was working for IBM and he was like, I have a vision of a PC in everybody's house. They didn't see that vision. They wanted to hold on to something that they had for a while that they thought would be around for a while. And, and they thought it was nuts and that the mainframe would never go away. Well, we know the end of that story. Microsoft's one of the biggest companies in the world, and IBM suffered drastically for 25 years for not coming to the new way of computing. And same thing with media. I call it like there's people out there that try to hold on to something in radio that doesn't exist anymore. You know, 
and I call it WKRP in Cincinnati syndrome. And for any of your listeners that don't understand what that means, there was a 70s TV show about a radio station. And if you watch that TV show, you will see radio is nothing like that anymore. But that (laughs) is how it was like then. And there's these people now, the gatekeepers that want to keep it that way. But fortunately, because of people like yourself and myself, it's not going to stay that way. As a matter of fact, I was saying 17 years ago that you're going to be listening to radio on your phones. We only had flip phones. People thought I was nuts. You're going to be watching radio on your screen. People thought I was nuts. I said, AM, FM is going to go away. People are not going to listen to it anymore. We're already seeing that happen. As a matter of fact, a few months ago, the major automakers decided they're not putting AM in cars anymore. Like, so nobody could see this vision I saw, but there was one thing I also saw. You couldn't do it the way they were doing it. You couldn't do it, at least then, and people take it seriously, by not doing it professionally with professional sound, professional studios, state-of-the-art equipment, and treating it like a business instead of a hobby. So that's what happened with me with radio. So second part, Pipe Man. So it's funny. Every band I interview, they always ask me, like, it's kind of like asking how you got your band name. Where yeah. <laughs> where did Pipe Man come up? And I always laugh at them when they do that. I'm like, you know, I love when bands do it, but like, it's so funny because you guys hate when people ask you how to get your band name, but you're asking me how I got Pipe Man. Because they all have these different things, okay? Some think it's because it's surfing because I surf and a wave is in my logo. Some think it's because of smoking a pipe. Some think it's because of, I don't know, sexual reasons maybe <laughs> that one may be more right than any of them but uh you know i'm not gonna lie that's where my head went whenever i hear see? pipe man i would uh, absolutely have my mind in the gutter so <laughs> and you know what's funny about that because i do uh i do have two commercials i run on my show that relate to that uh-huh. uh which i'll talk about in a second because pipe man is like this alter ego but it yeah. was a nickname of mine way back when and it just stuck and then it came back for radio because what happened was is all my shows were like basically motivational shows and i had this one show that was a relationship show and i brought on three co-hosts one that was a uh you know this other guy who was a total player 40 years old never had a relationship longer than a year wouldn't go on a second date unless he had uh, sex on the first date. Uh, and so I picked him for that side. Me, I played myself who, listen, my ex-wife said when we got divorced, I hope you find what you're looking for because you're like the most romantic person I ever met. I'm just not into that. And like that's that's a really weird statement to me. It, it really but to, is, yeah. But to Pipe Man, it's not. And that's... Pipe Man became like a social experiment. I now understand it because I was that guy that got friend zone, too nice, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I never understood. I was like, why do women pick the jerk offs? I don't get it. Uh And so I brought the other guy on so I could learn and understand because listen, if you're going to learn about things, learn from people opposite you, not exactly like you. Correct. And then I brought on two women, one, this conservative married woman, uh, and then another woman who was also married, but she was a Latina and she was 
I'm, I'm still close with her to this day, but she is the epitome of the female player. So we had the, the four components of types of females and males in traditional relationships, okay? And so at one point, John, the other co-host, he had to leave the show. So I decided instead of replacing him, I'm just going to play both roles. Because being on the radio is playing a role, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was very interesting what I've learned from that. And that's where Pipe Man was born because Pipe Man is not Dean. As a matter of fact, it's pretty funny. A lot of women I meet as Pipe Man, when I start becoming Dean, that's not who they want to date. They want to <laughs> date Pipe Man. And, and it is funny because going back to what you said, I have these two commercials. One of them is usually during presidential elections um, where there's two commercials. One of them doing a voiceover of Bill Clinton saying, you know, I, I, this is Bill Clinton. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And me, I come on, I'm like, this is pipe man. And if I'm elected president, I will have sexual <laughs> relations with that woman. Uh, and then there's this other one that came up during my show one time. Cause most stuff that comes up during my live show, forget interviews, just me being pipe man. Mm -hmm. It basically is Anything you've ever thought in your head that you never would say in real life comes out on the microphone. I so like it. it's these thoughts like that I would never say in public to people that I will say on my radio show. And, and we all have these thoughts. We all have a dark side to us. We all have things we hold back. And, and so it, it's very interesting. I played this whole pipe man role almost too well. And I'll tell you why, because I have this commercial, it's called the Pipe Man Groupon. And like, I am into like superheroes and stuff like that. So a lot of my Pipe Man stuff is modeled after the Dark Knight. Okay. So I have the Pipe Cave, which is where I'm at right now. I'm not even in my studio. I'm in the Pipe Cave. And that's why I have a virtual background because nobody can <laughs> see what the Pipe Cave looks like. In fact, my youngest daughter, she'll come here and she's like, so dad how many women do you have here? I'm like, none. I don't want any of them knowing where I live. This is my secret <laughs> layer. <laughs> exactly. And so I do this commercial on the show where it's like, it's a new type of uh, bed and breakfast. It's the pipe cave. You come, You it, normally it's 199. If you purchase it during the show, it's 99 a night. You come to the pipe cave, you service the pipe man all night long, and then you serve me breakfast and then you leave. And people literally call into the show to buy women. That's a funny. <laughs> that group on that's fake. And it's such a learning experience for the nice guys out there because, oh my God. And then like when I do events, like one event, I have somebody that runs my uh, Louisiana studio, came to cover an event. And my daughter was working at the station and we're at this, uh, event where puddle of mud was playing and poem Ed's done i'm walking out and like there's all these people people talking to me they happen to be women and my the person who runs my louisiana studio rebel she goes to my door turns to my door and like what's going on here and my door like rolls her eyes he's like yeah all the women love my dad <laughs> <laughs> but they love That's pipe awesome. man it, it's so funny and it, it's it's kind of like I relate it, and I never thought of this before, but I think of it now. When those women are doing that, I kind of 
feel the same as strippers when the guys are drooling <laughs> at the bar, you know, thinking they're going to get a date or something. And it's not going to happen. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of like the same way. It's like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> because they want to be with you because you're pipe man, you know, type mm -hmm. of thing. But yeah, so that's how that all came about. And it's so effective. And really, it is a part of me. You know, maybe it was a part of me I kept buried. Yeah. But but it has become like more of part of my personality because what I did learn from it is, and I don't like extremes myself, but people don't want extremes. So do they want, do women, is it that women want jerks? No. Women want a nice guy, but they want a nice guy with an edge. So mm -hmm. they want a little bit of both. Otherwise, it's too much. And I get it because I'm the same way with women. If the woman's too nice, I'm like wondering what's mm -hmm. up, you yeah. know, type of thing. So it, it's, you know, it's very interesting. It became a social experiment. But then even now with band members, like the name just catches on and everybody loves it. And, you know, that was probably a long answer to your short question, but that proves that I am a speaker and a radio personality because I can take a 30-second answer and turn it into a 20-minute story. <gasps> That's so awesome. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I'm the same way. I was actually with my friends last night, and I was telling them a story. And it was a story that could have done in like 10 minutes. I think I told it for like two hours. So I feel you on that. So I, I totally understand. But yeah, it's interesting because when it does come to podcasting or you know being a personality of some sort, you know, you got to think, why do people watch these shows on Netflix or Hulu? Yeah, they watch the shows because of the story or because of the show, but they actually, they watch it because of the characters. And I think once you understand that as a personality and what makes you binge worthy, that's the kind of the personality you lean on so that you attract the people that you're trying to reach and things like that. So yeah, I appreciate you sharing. That's awesome. And like uh, I said earlier in this episode, we met at Rocklahoma. What have you been up to since then? Because you are on the go. The Pipe Man is piping. <laughs> That's right. Well, I have the Pipe Man radio tour. So I do yep. festivals and do radio coverage uh, all over the US, the UK, Europe. So before Rocklahoma, I had came in from another festival and I was at Bloodstock in the UK and uh, and then, so I left Rocklahoma and I went to Blue Ridge Rock Festival, oh, which yeah, we gotta talk I'm about sure that. a lot of people heard about, and we'll talk about it. And mm -hmm. I experienced it firsthand. So forget what you read on social media or in the news. Here, straight from the horse's mouth. <laughs> right from the pipe man. And then after that was Riot Fest. And then after that was Louder Than Life. And then after that was Punkin' Drublick, one of the final no effect shows. And then after that was Aftershock, and here we are. And here we are. Now it's Teaser Talk. <laughs> now it's Teaser Talk, the best part of my year. <laughs> That's so awesome. But yeah, okay, so Blue Ridge, like that was, I, I had some friends play there, and I seen that, you know, like weather and a bunch of stuff, like, I know obviously like that stuff is not controllable. You can't control the weather. You can't do all that. But how, how did all that go? Well, first thing I want to say as somebody that does a lot of festivals, listen, I do festivals in Florida where I've gotten evacuated five times for tornadoes and hurricanes. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've been evacuated from rock on the range. I've been evacuated from louder than life from bourbon beyond. I mean, there's a list of them because you're right. You can't control the weather. You can't expect certain things. Mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, if you looked on your weather app while we we're there, 
this thing came out of nowhere because it wasn't supposed to do that at all. And it wasn't until like five minutes before that it really came on to your app. So listen, the fact of the matter is shit happens. Okay. But it was an interesting scenario because you can choose to find the bad about things or you can choose to find the good. I always choose to find the good because there's always good, you know, and I don't want to focus on the negative. So I got evacuated during the middle of an interview. Who were you interviewing? <laughs> I don't even remember right now. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was like, I don't know. I, I still did a bunch of interviews there, even though we were evacuated. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. But it was funny because I just did an interview with Windows uh, Widow 7 that I interviewed at Rockville. And he reminded me during the interview that we got evacuated from Rockville in the middle of our interview. Okay, oh so my gosh. it happens. It's weather. Yeah. It's mother nature. Okay. And so basically when I get evacuated, I'm heading back to camp and then the storm hits. And so we're passing by this band that I'm friends with and uh, they, they had their tent, uh, their canopy up covering all their equipment and they're called heart sick. And so I ran over there to hide under their canopy <laughs> So my equipment wouldn't get ruined. And I was there with my photographer and she was eyeing too. And, and then the storm started to get bad. So I helped them to hold down the canopy. So there were 60 mile per hour winds. I'm convinced that there had to be some kind of tornado nearby as somebody that lives in Florida and goes through this crap mm-hmm. because that's exactly what happened. Came out of nowhere, 60 mile per hour winds. Literally four of us are on the four sides of the canopy, holding it down, and it lifted us off the ground. Now, I I go kiteboarding. And the one thing I learned from kiteboarding is when the wind takes you off the ground, let go. (laughs) I learned that in my first lesson as I got pulled up like 500 feet in the air. Uh, But so we all let go. And then we went over to their other campy to help that one. We're holding that one down for dear life as we're getting pelted with hail. Oh like my I'm gosh. getting hail like pounding me in the back. And so that was the start of the storm. So then I get back to camp. Pretty much most of my companions out there in camp, their, their stuff was down. My tent was in perfect shape. Why? <laughs> Why? This is the one thing I'll say, and people will probably be pissed at me, because I freaking staked it down, okay? (laughs) I can't believe how many people at that festival did not stake down their tent. Just because the weather's good doesn't mean you shouldn't stake it down, especially when you're going to be gone for hours. So, Mm -hmm. you know, listen, I I feel bad, but some people I don't feel bad for, because if you're not going to take care of your crap, then, you know shit happens like i said before so but i got lucky there and i had a vehicle so that was all good don't get me wrong there's people that had really bad experiences and yeah i feel bad for them but it's not necessarily anybody's fault it's mother nature's fault but what i will tell you what was really cool again making decisions i decided not to leave right then and there why because i knew it would be a shit show getting out of there. I don't mm. care what festival you're at, what concert you're at, who's running it. I decide I'm going to wait. And, you know, so then we had, of course, 
we had more weather problems and then the whole thing was canceled. And again, I'm like, yeah, I'm not leaving until tomorrow because I probably won't get out of here by tomorrow. Like you just got to think of those things. Yeah. But there was a bonus to that. And what was the bonus? The bonus was that there were two outside pop-up shows for that festival. One was an acoustic show with Shine Down and mm. Papa Roach and I Prevail. And, uh, you know, and then there was on my side where I was at, there was another one with Heartsick. They had all their equipment that, and so they put on a show with three other bands. They were headlining it. And, you know, it was funny. The other one was an acoustic show. They didn't have any power, any mics or anything like that. And the story I heard, do I know if it's true? I don't know 100% the beginning part of the story is true, but the end is true. The end is all those bands ever ended up coming over to where these bands, Heartsick and the other bands were performing and watching that show. The story I hear is because there was full equipment. They were overpowering them and they just ended the thing early and came over and hung out, you know? So whether that's true or not, cool ass bands to go out there and do that for the campers that are going mm -hmm. through this hell with that weather and cool ass for them to support other bands doing it too. And let me tell you something that night, whether you were an attendee or media it was the absolute best experience ever. So I don't care that 75, 85, how many percentage of bands did not play. I feel bad for the bands mm -hmm. and the attendees. Man, this was worth it because it was like an old school DIY punk rock show. And like literally as media, we were standing in, on the stage, which was basically the stage was the tent and a little, you know, like... <laughs> thing on the ground a, a a tarp on the ground and we even had security from the festival who was not on the clock anymore come over to run security not getting paid and hats off to them because i thought in the beginning like an old school punk rock show it was not going to be necessarily good with no security and and like doing it man they did a great job. The attendees did a great job. There was no bad things. There was nothing. It was just an awesome set. Uh, I love hearing that. And that's incredible that everybody came through because, yeah, it could have completely ended there. But then because the passion for music, um, it didn't. So that's exciting to hear. That's awesome. Well, obviously, you've had an, a super busy year. What's the most memorable guest that you've had on your show this year so far? And why this year or ever? Well, you know, let's just go ever. I mean, you've you've interviewed and had a lot of conversations with a lot of incredible people. So who's your most memorable guest and why did they leave that lasting impression on you? So I would say the most memorable was Leonard Skinner, mm, who I've that's... interviewed a few times. But one time in particular, it was just they're just good old boys that were having a good time laughing the whole interview. They have no clue they were Leonard Skinner. So when was the last, you said you interviewed them how many times? Several times. When was the last uh, show that you've interviewed them at? Where was it? Where was that at? I don't know. It was several years ago, Somewhere? definitely oh. before <laughs> COVID and before yeah. Rosington passed and left us. Oh, that's, well, that's a fantastic. You had that opportunity. I love that. that. 
and that's the thing too that's why i love too there's a lot of artists or multiple artists that i've had the opportunity to interview that maybe would never happen again and in a lot of cases will never happen again like joey jordison like mm-hmm. you know uh vinny and like gary rosenton you know and so to be able to know that you sat down with these people and you know, got to know them and that they, the mark they put on this world and that lasting impression will be forever. And that's their legacy in my A hundred percent. And I think that's like where I get a lot of fulfillment when it comes to podcasting and, and chatting with people. It's like giving them a platform to continue having that voice, um, you know, mm-hmm. even after um, they have passed, but continue that legacy on and, and keeping it live like that. So yeah, I, I think that's incredible. So on your show in particular, you do have unique topics. You know, I know you're very positive, very motivational. How do you come up with themes for Pipe Man Radio? I don't. I just, I, just go. the, the <laughs> mic goes on. I go, I never have a script. I never have notes, not for interviews, not for anything, not for this, you know, mm-hmm. not for speaking engagements. As a matter of fact, speaking engagements, when they require me to have a PowerPoint and work right off the PowerPoint, I say, no, thank you. And the reason is, is anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. But when I do things, it's organic and you just never know what's going to come out of the pipe man's mouth. And that reminds it. me of interviewing Bring Me to Horizon. And Jordan <laughs> said, yeah, every time we go on stage, we just never know what's going to come out of Ollie's mouth. <laughs> And, and it's the same thing with me, and and that's the way it should be. But when you're doing interviews, too, especially because that's why, like, listen, artists go do interviews, and they hear the same questions over and over uh-huh. again. It's usually stuff everybody knows, whereas I just let interviews take a life of their own. Like, I don't care what direction it goes in, because whatever direction it goes in, it's where it's meant to go, number one. But number two... I'm never thrown off my game. Like if it goes in a different direction, I have my script. Well, I'm not thrown off my script or you find out these key things that nobody ever finds out Mm -hmm. because you brought it up. And it also causes lifelong relationships, you know, with, with these artists and, you know, and you get to know them as a person instead of an artist, because at the end of the day, the best message I could give people about artists is they're just a person like you and me and maybe Correct. treat them that way and you'll get to know them instead of just the persona they put on stage. A hundred percent. That's that's incredible feedback for sure. Now, when we talked earlier in the um, podcast, in the introduction, you had you know talked about how you got into radio and how you kind of had a crystal ball, if you will. Um, you know, now in 2023, where do you see the audio or the radio experience going from, from here into the future? Well, it's interesting. You should ask that because even I involve all the time. And like, if you take people that got into this internet radio thing way back when I, I it's like the dot coms, mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of people getting the space and a whole bunch of people that are going to leave. And I'll tell you what I think's happening right now. First of all, video's becoming so popular. All these people that have a face for radio now have to show their face, okay, including me. You know, because I like the radio without showing your face. Like, you think of Howard Stern. Most of his bits aren't funny 
unless <laughs> you see it, <laughs> unless you're not seeing it, like yeah, when, yeah, you oh, see yeah, yeah, it yeah. when you're not seeing it, it's right. not very funny. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And so, you know, basically the thing is, is I think we have like over 3 million podcasts right now. 95% of them suck to be blunt. And I think the hobbyists are going to go away, just like the dot coms. Yeah. You had all these dot coms, but who were the dot coms that survived? The ones that ran it like a business, you mm -hmm. know, the ones, it wasn't the ones that, uh, you know, that thought there was going to be a new way of doing things where, you know, you could do your podcast in your skivvies and blah, 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 blah. No. Or buy this, you know, $2 mic or you use your <laughs> phone. Like, I see people huh? using their phones sometimes and I'm like, you know, you go into a photo pit and somebody's using their phone. Like That's like the bad, bad taboo, you know? And so I think what's going to happen is the, the industry is going to get more serious. I think it's going to keep moving in the direction away from terrestrial, away from traditional, away from what we had. And it is going to be more like what we're experiencing now, but even more so. I think technology with AI is going to get even stronger. Mm -hmm. And old school stuff is just not going to exist anymore. And what's going to happen is either you evolve with it or you die. You know, and I'm seeing people die right now that have been successful for many years, but they're refusing to evolve with the industry. You know, so mm -hmm. now that WKRP in Cincinnati syndrome has to be updated to uh, they have like year 2007 syndrome or something mm -hmm. because, you know, we're in 2023. Like, imagine what it's going to be like in 2030, 2040, as quickly as technology has advanced and everything has advanced, it's going to become something where, yeah, I, every science fiction has always come true. We're, we're going to start probably doing our show on our arm or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> or like put our glasses on and that's the camera and that's everything from there, from our bird's eye view. I would view. love that idea. Mm -hmm. Right. And that'd be cool. No. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. Like there is, you know, I read a statistic before and I'm sure it's changed since then because it's been a couple of years since I've heard it. But over 80 percent of Americans know what a podcast is. And with that statistic, of course, it's a fantastic content strategy to implement in your business. However, I feel like so many people start out just because they want to be a podcaster and have that title versus like they don't understand the why they want to have it. And mm -hmm. I think that that passion isn't there and it dies quickly. And, you know, there are different ways. Of course, you could just do audio only because that is a podcast in this true authentic form. However, how are you reaching these people to, uh, to discover you on that audio platform? Are you creating reels? Are you, you know, uploading long form content to YouTube? Are you, you know, there's an importance if you are able to secure it with video and obviously high quality audio and lighting, of course, is key. You know, it, it's just it's just the the top of the pillar when it comes to content. I think people need to understand that and feel comfortable with it. Then also, too, you know, you brought up AI, which I had this conversation actually yesterday with somebody that he like his friend had this AI girlfriend and didn't understand it till he went to Thailand. And then he was duped because it wasn't even a real person that this guy was talking to. It was like an AI bot thing. Yeah. And um, I just think but, you know, there's 
that's something to be aware of. But I think too, a lot of people are leveraging since AI is so new, but it's so easy accessible. I mean, you have Jasper, you have ChatGPT, all these other um, technologies that are like literally at our fingertips. But I think a lot of people are leveraging that almost too much out the gate and they're actually losing that AI, the actual intelligence, the actual personality behind that. And I think a lot of people are just, you know, maybe they're creating scripts or they're creating talking points and they're so busy trying to be that super professional in the sense of this is a perfect podcaster versus like these are great tools, but we still need to be ourselves and show up as ourselves too authentically. Yeah. And yeah. the fact of the matter is, is you're absolutely correct because, but the one thing I will comment on is it's new for us, but see mm -hmm. the powers that be are very smart. They get us used to things and then they throw it out at us so that we can mm -hmm. use it all over the place. So AI has been around forever, Yeah, but now all of a sudden, and it's the same with everything. I remember when CDs first came out, there was a report that in 10 years, the Japanese already had a technology that was going to make CDs outdated, but they, you know, they were very smart. They were going to let the CD thing run its course and then release mm -hmm. it. That was MP3s. MP3s were around long before they came out. The internet, the internet was a military program in the sixties. The internet's not new. Cell phones are not new when they came out, you know, the military was using that same type of service. But then at one point, the powers that be decide that, you know, like, if you want to talk certain things like cell phones and the internet, I think we were given those things, not for us, but for them. So they yeah. could track everything we do. Cause listen, now, I mean, it's so funny. People talk about us getting chipped. We chip ourselves every day we get on any type of technology whatsoever. The number one evidence used in criminal cases now is social media because people are freaking idiots. And they <laughs> sit there and they, they incriminate themselves by uh -huh. showing the world on their social media. A thousand percent, you know, like more true words have been spoken. So absolutely. Well, I appreciate all of your insight. It's been great hearing about your story, all the things you've been doing. But before we hop off, can we have a conversation a little bit more about uh, the magnitude of uh, you're working on so many different projects? You have your TV show, podcasting network, marketing firm obviously on air personality. So can you give us a little skinny on all of the things you're doing marketing wise? Well, there's a lot. And, you know, marketing is my forte. Marketing was my forte before radio, before streaming TV, before podcasting. Uh, and basically, so I have a network called talk Form media. That's the parent network, so to speak of everything we do. We have several radio stations. We have our main radio stations that do both talk and music. Uh, and then we also have a all health and wellness station uh, that is dedicated to health and wellness and a lot of it from a natural uh, perspective. Uh, and then we have an all cancer station, uh, which started because of, you know, wanting to help people and give them, a, a great resource for not only people that are experiencing cancer themselves, but the people that are in their lives as well. And everybody that's affected in every way, shape or form. We also have the number one women's internet radio station. Pipe man's not allowed on that station, <laughs> uh, but it is, it's, 
It's not like a frou-frou station. It's an all-empowerment station for women. Are there men on there? Yeah, there's men more like Dean, uh, not Pipe Man, but Dean, yeah. that, like <laughs> support this stuff and are more of the metrosexual, for lack of a better way of putting it, you know, and, you know, not the armchair quarterback uh, sitting behind with mm -hmm. the beer and the beer gut watching Sunday football. Uh, I see me, I'd rather be out there playing it than watching it. Uh, and, uh, so then we also have our streaming TV station and our podcasting network, which we actually beta tested iHeart's original podcast network before it was even a word. They nice. called it iHeart talk. And it was just a concept at that point. And, you know, basically they came to me. Actually, there is a funny story about it that we don't have to share now, maybe another time, but where, you know, they really came to me because of an altercation, for lack of a better way of putting it, in, in at an event. And they found out that I was producing great content and that I knew what I was doing. And so I beta tested it. And that's how I ended up partnering with iHeart originally. And that was in 2013. And that's how I also became iHeart Talent to this day. Like I'm somebody that doesn't work for iHeart, but yet I'm considered iHeart Talent. And uh, and so basically, we people come to us to do a few things: produce their show, broadcast their show, distribute their show. And that and when I say show, that could mean radio show, TV show, mm -hmm. podcast, or all of the above market and, and, and promote their show. And then, of course, I deal with businesses where we market and promote their message, their products, their services, not only on our radio network, not only on the TV, not only on the podcasting, but social media marketing, internet marketing, email marketing, digital marketing, basically everything there is. And then, you know, of course, we have and we do things like we'll broadcast live at an event or we'll promote the event or like even with the festivals we're partnered with the festivals so not only do i come out and do coverage but we actually do ticket giveaways and advertising and promotion of all these festivals like a real radio station should and that was again mm -hmm. another difference going back to what we were talking about before the people that are the hobbyists or the people that are doing it like just at their home they're yeah. not doing it the same way terrestrial is doing it I do exactly what terrestrial does. I go out and do live events. I go do media coverage. We do all these things and treat it the same way. We're just using a different technology. And then, of course, you know, there's my speaking and, and stuff like that. So it all wraps together because really marketing, sales, publicity, PR, media, they're all un encompassed. When I was working on my mm -hmm. MBA in marketing, those are all separate classes under marketing, you know, yeah. they're not separate things. So we are kind of like a one-stop shop for all your marketing, promotion, PR, publicity, media needs. And uh, they certainly can reach me and find out more about it. They can go, uh, obviously, to talkformedia.com and fill out a contact form. They could go to our radio stations, fill out a contact form, or they can just reach Pipe Man Radio anywhere. Like, basically, I am everywhere and anywhere in fact it's funny that new threads thing i i got a whole crap load of followers i haven't even posted <laughs> anything on it yet <laughs> because it's like there's so many 
But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're a business or an individual and you need help either with your business, your brand, or a show pot slash podcast, reach out to me and I can help you do it the right way, the profitable way, you know, where you can have exposure to over 300 million listeners and viewers, but also monetize it. Cause that's one place Mm -hmm. people are failing, which is why the hobbyists are going to drop off because you're not going to survive without monetizing the big boys. They are getting serious. Like I do media coverage for NAB and NAM and, all the conferences for podcasting, radio broadcasting, TV broadcasting, and they have totally switched their tune now, you know, and only in a few years they've switched their tune where podcasting is becoming like the mainstream and they're throwing all kinds of money at it to where the hobbyist, the DIY isn't Mm going to be able to compete with them, you know, but if you come with me, you can compete because we will do it the right way, the professional way, and not only that, you can't do it by, by yourself. Most podcasters, how can they reach out to the millions of people mm-hmm. out there? They can't. You know, the key is not your content. The key is the marketing of your content. Because Correct. listen, if you have, you know, the best thing in the world in the middle of the desert and nobody ever hears it, sees it or knows it's there, it doesn't matter how good it is. I agree 100%. It's not the best podcaster that gets the most listens. It's the best marketer for sure. That's how people find out and discover it. So, Dean, before I let you go, one last question. What can listeners expect from you? Um, Any awesome festivals that you're covering up or any other cool, exciting announcements that either Dean or the Pipe Man might be able to share with us as we end 2023 and moving into 2024? few things. Number one, uh, my final festival of the year uh, should be in November at Pumpkin Park in California. Uh, And then, you know, of course, then I go on what I call the Pipe Pipe Man Homeless Tour. So once (laughs) the Pipe Man Radio Tour is over, then the Pipe Pipe Man Homeless Tour kicks in, which is where I basically like travel the world and... uh, and uh, basically live in Airbnbs and do my show from all over the world with different cultures and different things. Um, As far as my show goes, uh, 2024 is going to have a major expansion. I have new co-hosts, a new character, um, cast of characters, and they are characters. You know, if you're going to be a co-host on my show, you better be a character and you better (laughs) have some tough skin because I might lay into you on the show just for shits and giggles. And... uh, a lot of new stuff with, you know, the show and, and even at festivals, uh, you know, right now at festivals, I do audio only and I'm probably going to go towards doing video at the festivals too. Nice. Uh, you know, and, uh, there's a lot going on with pipe man that we may not talk about yet. So you'll have to follow me to find out as far as talk for media, we are always innovating and doing new things. We currently have over 160 podcasts on our network uh, that we broadcast live and we also podcast and distribute and market and stuff like that. All different types of topics. Uh, We are in the midst of uh, creating a whole new TV app. We're in the midst of creating a, a true Roku app. Like 
There's people that have Roku apps, the self-made ones, and then there's yeah. the $100,000 SDK <laughs> real apps like an ABC would do. That's what we're working on right now. We're working on an Apple TV app uh, or channel. Uh, and then we have a lot of upgrades and, and stuff that we're doing and more partnerships that we're, uh, we're working on. There's a few things that we're working on, uh, partnerships that are... I believe in working with others and combining forces. And so there's a few different, you know, businesses that I've aligned with uh, that there might be some big things coming down the road. And I'm being vague about it because you're going <laughs> to just have to watch my social media to find out more because the ink's not dry yet. But I can assure you, 2024 will be the biggest and best year ever for talk for media and pipe man. And uh, I'm sure it will be for you too, but that's just my psychic yeah. energy. I, Hey, I'm here for that. I love it. That's so exciting. Um, definitely everyone listening in, make sure you guys go follow the pipe man and again, connect with him. If anything that he said, how he can reach uh, help reach your audience, definitely connect too, because as you guys all know, he is legit. So uh, yeah, make sure you follow him. And I'm super intrigued and excited to see how 2024 goes for you. I yeah, if anybody wants the Pipe Man group on, we're sold out for 2023. <laughs> They'll have to check that. The wait list. 2024. <laughs> I'll be at, the Pipe Cave in, during the beginning of 2024 will be in Costa Rica. So Very cool. Well, Dean, thank you so much for being on. It was an honor as always. And I can't wait to see you soon. Um, out in the wild of music festivals and doing what we love the most, right? Absolutely. I can't wait. I hope I see you at more festivals in 2024. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Teaser Talk. Head over to teasertalk.com to subscribe so you don't miss out on another episode. Until next week, keep rocking.